I turned 70 this year. Some things I like about being 70 and some things I definitely do not like. I find myself doing a lot of reflecting on my experiences in my life so far. So naturally, one of the things I've been reflecting on is my experience with the identity work group during this past year. And the question I keep asking myself is, so what have you learned? Well, I, I'm going to be sharing four things with you. I've learned many more than four things, but in the time I have, I will be sharing four. The first thing is that out of chaos, something new is being born. We as the, and I'll be referring to us as the IWG, Identity Work Group, started our work in February of 2020. And I remember our first meeting, we were all sharing feelings we were experiencing, thinking about our task ahead. And a feeling that we had in common was that of feeling overwhelmed. How in the world were we going to uh, go about addressing the question of full inclusion of LGBTQ plus persons. I found a letter that I wrote to the group, an email that I wrote to the group in April saying, I feel a lot of worry and fear and discouragement when I think about the work ahead of us. How are we going to do this? Well, by Good Friday, I was mired deep in discouragement. I just couldn't see a way through. In fact, I wanted to quit. And then Resurrection Sunday, I felt a shift taking place within me. Richard Rohr in his daily meditation for that day said that, and I quote, chaos is a sign of hope. Out of chaos, something new is being born. There are new signs of life and new ways of being emerging. So I shifted my question from how in the world will we to, I wonder what new patterns of life and ways of being are struggling to emerge for us as a congregation. And I, I kept thinking about that the whole time throughout our work. Secondly, when I think about how difficult this struggle has been for many of you, I ask another question. So what binds us together through difficult times? We have different perspectives. We interpret scripture differently. The process took too long for some and not long enough for others. We disagreed on how the vote should take place. So why are we all still here? In my conversations with many of you, whether in person and actually because of the pandemic, mostly by email, phone, or text, I discovered some of the pulses that helped to keep this congregation, the heart of this con congregation, beating. One is authenticity paired with candor. You so honestly shared from your hearts, and you weren't just spouting off. What I heard was deep, reflective honesty, the kind of honesty that doesn't come easily. Another pulse is grace and forgiveness. As I listened to stories of misunderstanding and pain, I heard examples of grace and forgiveness that allows you to transcend your hurt and pain, not ignore it, but transcend it. I think of the person who was willing to sit with someone who had been so critical, and yet out of their times together spent Sitting and listening and talking emerged a new friendship. Another pulse is patience and forbearance. Like I said, this process went far too long for some of you and not long enough for others. The fact that you're here this morning tells me that patience abounds in this church community. So being authentic, showing grace and forgiveness, having patience and forbearance, these are all some of the pulses that help to keep our church heart beating. 
But I had a sense there was more, another layer to peel back. As part of this church, you tried to discern what kind of community you wanted to be. You fasted, you prayed, you struggled, and in the end, there was still disagreement. So I was curious. The third thing I learned is the answer to these questions. So what really matters? What is at our core? <clears throat> On the first Sunday in Lent back in February, I got my answer. I was part of the Sunday school class. I was studying Drew Hart's book. And that particular Sunday, we were discussing the chapter on the politics of Jesus. Hart says, and I quote, love opens us up to see our shared possibilities within which exists limitless differences and creates the possibility for mutuality. And I'm going to repeat that because I was really struck by that. And actually, if you forget everything I've said this morning, I just want you to remember this line. So I'll say it again. Love opens us up to see our shared humanity within which exist limitless differences and helps to create the possibility for mutuality. How true for us as a congregation. As I look at you and think about my experience with the Identity Work Group, I think of our many differences and at the same time, I think of our mutuality. I realize that as I listen to you, I sense the love you have for God and for each other. You are people who take loving God seriously. And as a result, you give, receive, and share love with each other. Because you value your commitment to God and each other above your principles and differences, you're able to hold your differences and still love each other. John states in his gospel that people will know the disciples of Jesus by their love for one another. And that's found in John 13, 34 to 35. Drew Hart says, and I quote, it is what disciples of Jesus do. They love. It is their defining characteristic. They are a community of love. Love is what grounds their lives. They practice love and are good at it. So my question was answered. What is at our core? It's our love of God and our love for each other. The first three learnings I've mentioned have to do with you. I also learned something very personal about myself, and that is the value of curiosity. As we went along, we realized we had been given a deep curiosity about what each of you thought and a curiosity about how each of you had arrived at your particular viewpoint. So we had conversations with many of you as we tried to gain an understanding of the various perspectives in this congregation. On a very personal note, sometimes I received an email that I found really difficult to understand. But rather than stew in my negative reaction, assuming I knew what the person meant and starting to build a wall between that person and me, I began to ask curious questions like, what do you mean by that? Or help me understand your thinking. We didn't necessarily come to an agreement but we came to a better understanding, at least from my perspective. So curiosity opened a door to a conversation which helped to connect us in some way. So this past year with the Identity Workgroup, I learned about chaos birthing new life, about what binds us as a church community, about the value of curiosity, and about the transforming power of love. When I first came three years ago and looked out over the congregation, I saw a sea of people of 
all ages and personalities. Now I look at you with new eyes and an expanded heart. I feel so much love and respect for you because I'm aware of your love and grace that helps to transcend your hurt and your pain and your misunderstandings. And so I close with the question I asked the identity work group a year ago. Then I wondered what new life was going to come out of this messy, difficult process. And I'm still asking the same question, but in a different way. I wonder what new life and new ways of being are emerging for us as a congregation. May our eyes be open to discover the path where Jesus is leading us to become the congregation and the people God wants us to be. And as Jesus said to his disciples in our story today, peace be with you.